Dude. What is this, the movie Twister? You can hear the uh, the thunder and lightning, right? Oh, oh, I can hear it. Good, good. That's amazing. Good. So yeah, you don't you're not just getting raindrops or or hail balls. You're getting pine cones. <laughs> it is literally raining pine cones. I will. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I can uh, add a photo in the show notes that shows my front yard littered with pine cones. Yeah. all over the place yeah that's a new i mean le- talk about leveling up i mean the the storm systems right. are, are taking it to another level you know it's just you know we daughter was grabbing the dog leash and collar and everything to get ready and then she's like nope she's like <laughs> freddie you better hold it yeah because you're not you're i mean not you could give anywhere. you could give freddie the option i'm sure freddie would be like uh are you crazy <laughs> yeah I've seen yeah, that the, before. The dog's just like, uh, no, not doing it. <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a test of the intelligence of the animal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. I, I still am always flabbergasted of how much weather. Because I just, I, we just don't get it here. <laughs> we just don't get any weather. <laughs> uh, it's starting to get hot again here, so. We we had a nice yeah. reprieve for a week of some overcast skies, and it was super nice. And and now it's back to heating up. Well, I was in the mid to upper nineties for the most part of the week, and this is just a front moving in. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, depending on how the that hurricane tracks, because I know it's up. You know, I remember living my life when we lived in Florida when I was growing up in Florida always watching the weather channel and pre-weather channel during you know basically during the the hurricane season months yeah so all the way into november we were always like paying attention to you know what's happening now and and now that we've been getting a lot of like residual rain and effects because i think that you know Actually, it was funny that that storm that took out my wife's car also, it wasn't the tail end of the rain events from the hurricane, but it was like a day after the when you know, the weather that moved in. Mm-hmm. And then it came through. And then last week was another one that we got residual rain in stuff from a tropical storm. So just like, uh, so I thought I moved. Yeah, I thought I'd move to get away from all of that stuff, and nope, it's all—it's just following me everywhere. Wow! You know what I should do is, if you guys w- really want to like end your drought, I should move there because apparently it's following it. me. It follows you. Yeah, storm follows Cormac. Exactly. Exactly. It's just one continuous storm. It's just following you around. It, it's just you know, like I move real fast, and they—he's like, I'll find him. I remember Where, somebody oh, somebody had a, a, a bad attitude, and uh, they're like, "Oh, what's up <laughs> with you, little black rain cloud?" Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? That that's basically the story of your life. Is what you're saying? It's just exactly. following you around, like uh, like the dust cloud follows uh, the the was it pig pen in the pig pen exactly in the peanuts. Yeah. Wow! Did you just call me pig pen? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're that guy. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> appreciate that yeah yeah 
So, so something that we talked about before, I think we said, Hey, let's do this in the next episode. And then a bunch of other stuff got in the way. So I know you're not prepared for this at all, but we talked about this idea of you, you did a little research and, or you got onto a tangent, let's say, I don't know if it was official research or not, but, uh, architects that designed automobiles. Uh, yeah. I would, yeah, I would love you. to hear about that. I know I, I brought it up because you're not prepared, but I thought we, we gotta, yeah. we gotta follow through on this. <laughs> what that the the whole idea of of design is just coming from other places in in architectural kind of day-to-day where it's hard to get out of the day-to-day and and get out of the 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 one track mind of designing the project that we're working on right now is is real for so many people right so i thought it would be a cool and and so if you're not ready that's fine but it would be cool to to talk about that from a kind of a you know it's kind of a motivational thing it's kind of an inspirational thing and i I assume that's why you you did it in the first place well you know it's funny is that it actually i was reading an article about heatherwick who Who designs uh, fabulous stairs well yeah (laughs) yes well he was apparently he had just recently signed a deal with a chinese manufacturer for kind of a a new car, kind of an extension of the way that you live in vehicle form. You know, he, he designs, uh, you know, these beautiful elaborate places and things like that. And, and, um, you know, what was interesting about it is, you know, we, you know, I want to design this as an extension of your life. And I'm looking at what it really is, is it really sort of just looked like an accessory dwelling unit with wheels, you know, in a way I have not seen um, this, but I would love to, it, 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 you know, and I'm taking it to a little bit more extreme than it really is, but, and you've seen concepts like this from auto automobile manufacturers. So really what he's doing isn't quite new per se, sure. but you know, it's, it's this, the front seats swivel around and you can have basically the center kind of area where you're, you know, the back seat passengers, uh, you know, and you're facing each other and then it's kind of an autonomous driving. And so that you can basically, you know, kind of like carry your lifestyle from the home to the vehicle and things like that. And I was, I guess where I was going with that originally, you know, and, and we talked about numerous things um, since then. And so I sort of lost the train of thought, but it was always interesting because I, I think I told the story that at one point in time, and I believe it was like 11th grade, the question was, is, you know, like, what are you going to do with your life? And I had stood up and I said, you're, you're either going to drive one of my cars or you're going to walk through one of my buildings. And so we know what, which, which route I took. Yeah. However, you know, I was very serious about the, you drive one of my cars because, you know, I'm, you know, always grew up car kid mm-hmm. and always, I would get in trouble in school for sketching cars in my textbooks or cars instead of homework and things like that. So I was always drawing cars all the time. And and to be quite honest with you, you know, I had this thought in my head that I wanted to go into architecture, but it was one of those paths that I really could have done one or the other and been equally happy with the choice that I made. I I see so many parallels here that I was the same way. And I was just talking, I was a guest on another podcast that hasn't come out yet called construction disruption but it was it was like where where did it all start for you 
and you know a lot of architects say lego and whatever but for me it was drawing and it was i was always drawing with uh grid paper <laughs> because yeah uh i wanted to be i wanted to have symmetry so like when i'm drawing the front view of a car that's mm-hmm. how i yeah. learned that's how i taught myself how to draw right yeah and yeah. i remember in high school taking that first high school drafting class and it was it was kind of multidisciplinary. It wasn't just architectural drafting. It was also mechanical drawing. It was exploded axonometrics and diagrams and things like that too. But one of the projects that we did in there was an airbrushing project. And I took some of whatever the latest GM or Audi concept car was, and I airbrushed it, you know, and and that was a way to basically show off the curves of this vehicle with airbrushing as a medium to show shading. Right. And, uh, so it was always about cars for me too. And I, I was six years old and my dad said, what car is that? And I could name it on the road. It didn't matter what car it was. Oh yeah, I knew yeah. every car on the road. And so that's why it's so interesting to me about this as a, because I think that we could do with more lectures internally in our offices like this, which is let's talk about car design as an, as a, as another type way to do design and, and think about the way that we design compared to that and talk, just have a great conversation about it because you can go back to Buckminster Fuller and the Dymaxion car, right? Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So, so there's, I mean, this is not a new idea, but it's also interesting to kind of see, especially now with things like hashtag van life, right? Where people are Mm -hmm. living and working and traveling in the same space. Um, all over yes. social media. Yeah. So so there's so many ways to go with this topic. I think it's it's super interesting. Exactly, because you know there are some interesting parallels as you said with the sen- the design sensibilities of an automobile designer versus a architect. We're designing for human habitation. We are designing for I mean if you think about it, there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time in their vehicles. And so it's just watching cuz it's funny that um, a lot of people might watch like HGTV to either like, you know, yell at the TV and say, oh, that's not right or vice versa. Whereas I'm always watching car shows. Yeah. I have got a paid subscription to Motor Trend, the streaming channel and all that other stuff. And I spend most of my time if I'm watching TV on that channel. It's cathartic to me, but it also is, you know, a way for me to kind of connect to a design side of me that isn't necessarily, you know, what I get out of architecture, but there is so many similarities. And anyway, so I was watching this one about, you know, um, you know, Goblin Motor Works is you know, a British car show. They were talking about this one guy who spends a lot of time in his car. And so they modified his car, put in Wi-Fi, basically, you know, gave this vehicle like creature comforts. Is exhibit that we would... and pimp my ride part of this? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it was sort of that it's you know it was they're kind of like got a new series going out goblin works you know, mod shop and so they're modding everybody's cars to you know kind of like suit like their lifestyles and stuff and that was what was interesting about this connection with you know the heatherwick article that i had read and i i'll need to hunt it down i i had funny enough i had that tab open for i believe about a month that we were going to possibly talk about this thing and you would, of course, want to bring this up it's right when I closed out all those tabs. Yeah, of course. You must have planned it. You knew this. You planned this. Well, it's not like you lost power but, or anything or had a uh, power yeah, ripped from your house. 
Uh, that's true too. But so it's just interesting to see, looking at like these design parallels and how the interesting thing about that, which also is very similar to like say custom home design, is that you are trying to design down to the, like the very tactile small nub like a gear shift or a doorknob the the way that the seating is arranged and all of this other stuff and you know in some of the very similar thoughts that you have in design of a custom home is very much the same kind of like design aspects you know you talk you think about ergonometry you think about all of the different things that the human will be touching mm-hmm. and then you also don't worry about the way the hidden stuff lays out like Okay, you don't really you see the headlights, but you don't really worry about where the headlights are. And so, you know, you you might become this like how we're trying to hide everything to hiding the just structure. worry about the mechanical you know, exactly. Yeah. And hiding in in hide everything. We hide the mechanical, hide the structure, hide the electrical. And so we really worry about the aesthetics. And car designers, as you know, somebody who works on his car all the time, apparently they have that same mindset because you can see where the nice headlights are in my truck. However, they didn't really care about how you got to it to realize that you have to like remove the, the, the shroud in the wheel. Well, turn the wheel, hopefully that you're contorted enough. And and I'm sure we've talked about this story before, but contort your hand to the point where you're thankfully I'm double jointed to be able to reach in there and get the light, unclick it out of its harness pull it out to a point where you can actually like see it and remove it. You can't, there's not enough slack to be able to, you know, move it or anything. And I, we don't need to go through all this, but what I'm saying is, is that like some of the, even like the, the things about like the, the hidden aspects of what we do to hide all the mechanics in ours, they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They hide the structure, they hide it. You know, so there's so many different parallels and architects have tried their hands at automotive design all the way through, you know, from Corb, I'm just going to call it the Corb car. Corb car. Uh, I don't know nice. what it's called. You know, to, you know, you you had said Buckminster Fuller. And then, you know, we know that, like, Zaha had designed uh, what's called the Z car. And then both Heatherwick and Foster, and I didn't know this, had both um, designed, and apparently, I believe it was Heatherwick who actually won the competition for the London Routemaster, you know, the the double decker bus. Yeah. There was like a handful of like quite like a couple hundred Heatherwick uh designed buses out on the London streets until they just I, I think they just pulled them all or or found out that they weren't they weren't that successful. Anyway, I don't I, I forgot the story about why, mm-hmm. you know, again because you know somebody gave me time to prepare for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not like that I didn't have a lot of other things on my mind to forget these little details. But to various levels of success. I mean, this isn't their main line of work. And we see even Apple, you know, and and I know Johnny Ive at Apple, who's no longer the chief design officer there, was very interested in taking what Apple can do to the automobile. Right, right. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of examples with industrial designers approaching this problem but also with architects trying to approach this problem and i think what architects are also trying to bring to it besides just the actual kind of tactile interface like you're talking about but also from a spatial standpoint because yes because of new technologies like autonomous driving we're kind of on this precipice of 
you know, we're, we're, we're through various levels of testing and there's five different levels of autonomous vehicles and we're like, you know, level two or three out of five and depending right. on where you are and, 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 and all kinds of regulation and stuff, but that it, it's going to happen. Right. And so yes. now that that technology can enable people to work or live during that commute time, uh, because they're not having to focus on the road, you actually can approach this from a spatial standpoint uh, instead of just yeah. a, a you know a, the driving experience standpoint. This episode is made possible with support from Twin Motion. Now you've probably heard of Zaha Hadid Architects. They're one of the world's best-known firms, and when it comes to innovation, they're big fans of pushing boundaries. The team at ZHA has started using Twinmotion, a simple, real-time ArcViz tool that lets you instantly visualize ideas and clearly communicate them to stakeholders. ZHA designer Marco Margetta says that the benefits of using Twinmotion for the designers are the simplicity of the interface, the playfulness with which you can articulate your scenes, and not having to worry about all the technical aspects that real-time usually brings, like light maps, PBR workflows, and other technical details. Marco also loved Twinmotion Cloud, which lets any member of the team access a project from their web browser without a single download or installation. The project manager can access the model, review it, and immediately give you the feedback anytime from anywhere, says Marco. To download your exclusive free trial, head to twinmotion.link slash arcaspeak. Again, that's twinmotion.link slash arcaspeak. Not to fall too far down a rabbit hole, but you, you start to think about like the autonomous approach. And so what is the next step for urban design and urban planning yeah. based off of, you know, these autonomous vehicles? I mean, because we basically, if you just look at the evolution of American city planning, you know, we went from agrarian to a lot of like you know public spaces and the front doors all kind of like looked out onto kind of like a, you know the village green and and when we did have the evolution to like you know okay everybody had like a horse and buggy it was more kind of like out of sight out of mind more in the backyard and then you you watch this evolution of like the automobile being the dominant mode of transportation so then all of our architecture and all of our cities kind of morphed around all of that you it's see more reactive. like yeah, exactly. And so is there an opportunity for us to start to kind of like reengage the that that lost social aspect of, you know, kind of like the urban suburban areas now that the car is going to almost be like, I don't need to park the car in the front yard. I can like people are already calling up. I've got a friend who he's absolutely enamored and in love with his being able to call up his use his phone and call up his Tesla. And, you know, it's just like, it kind of like pulls up and all this mode. other stuff. Yeah. Exactly. The summon mode. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and so obviously as we see more and more of that, I mean, do we really honestly need to kind of like gear our whole home towards this? I mean, the, the, it seems like it's a truly American, but it isn't because I've seen it in other than the snout house. Do you, you know that term? I'm not right? familiar with it. Well, the snout house is basically the, the term given to, houses that more or less have the garage kind of like the the most prominent feature yeah, on the it. house where it like it sticks out yep. past everything else and kind right. of like your front door is recessed and all that other stuff and right you know it's you know it's, it's i've never heard I, that term I, but I it's, it's kind of like uh 
I just I, I immediately thought of outhouse, <laughs> right? Because yeah. but yeah, yeah I, I get well, what you're saying. It's like the snout of a an animal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, and so would we, you know, be able to design our houses and things like that around all of that? I mean, is there like a central parking garage or something like that where we can put all of our stuff and have like a more socially oriented neighborhood where you park there, you go to your house and then you decide, you know, oh, hey, I need my, you know, just dial it up on the phone. I think there's so many things. There's so much here that I actually oh, yeah. did a, yeah, yeah. a YouTube lecture. I did a lecture and I, I recorded it. So I put it on my YouTube channel. So I'll put a link to it in the show notes. All about autonomous vehicles and kind of the changes that we need to, we could be at the table for in proactively rather than reactively. Because I what what mm-hmm. I don't want to see us go through again is is reacting to non-architectural ideas when it comes to this stuff. So why don't we have a seat at the table? And guess what? We get to choose us to do that as, you know, getting involved in our cities and our policy to, to have that seat at the table so that these ideas about the interface between vehicles and the built environment is smarter. Uh, Because otherwise we are going to just be waiting around for them to them, not that they're evil, but just to make those decisions that we then have to react to. Because it's going to change everything. It's going to change the streets. It's going to change sidewalks. It's going to change medians. It's going to change parks. It's going to change highways. It's going to change where people park, like you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And how people engage with the civic environment. It changes all that. And I think one of the things that I I really wanted to drive home in that presentation was that uh, how many people do you think in your local jurisdiction, that could be a big jurisdiction, it could be a very small one, like in my my hometown of whatever, 30,000 people, there might be three people working on this, maybe. How many people are working on the autonomous vehicle thing? There's tens of thousands of people working on that side yeah. of the table. Yeah. And so we will be be forced to be in a reactionary mode to that if we don't get involved in those kinds of things now because thinking about rideshare thinking about you know Elon Musk's 10-year plan or you know his plan to rule the world or whatever it's like you don't even need to own a car people like you just need the access to a car and we're already seeing that with ride-sharing apps and right where a lot of millennials don't even ever get driver's licenses. They just use the service of vehicles. And while that might well, not I mean, fit my life, it fits a lot of people's lives. And that changes the size of parking lots and it changes the entry yeah. to buildings. It changes all of this stuff. I mean, think about this, you know, think about like the whole rideshare thing and, and, you know, Uber and, you know, I'll give you an example of, so I live 12 miles from our DC office. And if it were easy for me to be able to get to the metro station from my house, I would actually be working in our DC office rather than our Baltimore office because the Baltimore office is 43 miles away. And it actually takes me less time to get into the Baltimore office by commuting in by vehicle by yourself. than it does for me to by myself mm-hmm. than it does for me to try to get from here to the um to the uh metro station or for me to drive in 
-hmm. more so for me to drive in. But still, some of the things are is like, so like think about convenience here. And this is where I'm going with all of this. If you think about the convenience of this is like right now, it's inconvenient for me to try to get on the bus, take that bus to the to the metro station, take the metro into the office and then walk to the office because it's a really short walk from the metro station in D.C. to our office. You know, we're all talking about convenience here. And it actually takes longer for that whole process than for me to drive into the Baltimore office and then, you know, sit down, you know, open up the computer and, and get working versus. But, you know, I could be working on the on the metro and all that other stuff. So, you know, but the thing is, is that what may, what would be easier is if I drove to the parking garage at the metro station, but I have to get there really, really early or all of the spots are gone. So where I'm going with all of this is, could you just imagine if I like, you know, rideshare called up a, a autonomous vehicle and it doesn't have to be like this big four, you know, four seater thing. It could just be like individual ones or it could be, you know, a rideshare type thing mm -hmm. that takes me from my house. You know, I, I call it up and say, hey, I need to go to that just like Uber and then take me over there, drop me off there. I hop on the thing. And in this whole time, I'm not having to like stress out like about try to find a parking space or looking for all of these other things and stuff like that. And basically it, you know, I get like a shuttle to a shuttle to like yeah. then my block and a half walk, you know, right. kind of thing. Right. And, and, and it could, there's like so many different opportunities. And, and I know that that just sounded all completely ridiculous, but they're like, ah, oh, just, you know, tough it out. Yeah, you're right. I should be. But you know, there's, there's a lot of other things. There's you know, other, that, other polls going on there too, like, like kids and soccer practice and, needing to get out and and i i get it like it's not exactly. an easy exactly. it's not an easy exactly. it's not super formulaic i guess there's a lot of variables i can i can schedule my time around my vehicle yeah i can i can be very very precise on how i do things the thing about it is right now with like the the city bus to the metro and everything else it is very you know it, it is also very schedule schedulable if those that is a word anyway. Mm -hmm. um, however, it's also dependent on if somebody doesn't cut off the buzz, blah, 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 whatever. Sure, sure. But that whole length of time is actually longer than my very scheduled vehicle mm -hmm. procession. So, well, and, and I think again, like, man, this is, we have to think about our buildings that we design as parts of yeah. systems. Because yes, if yes. we don't, man, like you're you're delivering a building to a client that's going to have a building for let's just call it, you know, thirty to fifty years, which is sad, but right. that's how long it's going to last nowadays, and ho hopefully longer. But you know, that's probably more like realistic. And they are going to have to interface with this future that we're talking about. We should be having these conversations with them because they are the ones with the resource or the asset or the liability depending on which way you look at it that that is going to have to respond to that and so thinking about all of these services that interact with people and space and location and you know these assets these buildings is a much bigger problem set than anybody seems willing to want to take on but at the same time it's going to happen whether you do or don't and so you can either you know, help them be more prepared for it and provide extra value now or not, I guess. 
uh, and most people are choosing not, but there is a, there's a huge opportunity here. So I want to try to talk about a project that I'm working on without actually talking about the project that I'm working on, because I'm not supposed to be talking about the project that I'm working on. However, one of the interesting things about this project, and it's a huge development, we've only got a little part of this big, huge development um, in a place that I cannot say. It So one of the interesting things is, is it does have the, the actual development itself. There's no vehicles allowed in the, this development. It's enormous, um, you know, city size uh, development. Mm-hmm. but no no but no vehicles all pedestrian and you're like well city size no vehicles how does that happen or you know how do you get goods and services in there how do it you do is all a this solvable stuff? problem <laughs> it is an interesting solvable problem and one of these solvable problems that they are looking at is basically a, a network of tunnels and that network of tunnels is a autonomous shuttle system mm-hmm. that interconnects with a series of bus stops throughout the entire development that say you're going to you know the shopping district or the education district or whatever you know you just basically go to the bus stop you go you walk down you go to you get on to this autonomous bus and it takes you to wherever you need to go and it also takes you to basically a off-campus parking area if you you know need to if you're coming from somewhere else and you need to you know go there you'll park your vehicle there you won't drive your vehicle into the development. You will actually get in, you know, you'll hop on the bus and you'll go to wherever it is that you need to go. And, you know, there, there's still this level of dependency on the vehicle right now. And so they are catering to that, but they're also catering to the fact that, you know, it's kind of a harsh climate. It's, it it actually behooves them to kind of like keep everything kind of like below grade, but it also um, allows you to be able to move, like longer distances by vehicle, but autonomous electric vehicles. And it also you know, it solves just, the delivery has, problem, right? Because I mean, it, that's another big one with existing deli- cities yes. is you could cut it off to cars and it, but at some points of the day, you're still going to have to allow exactly the, the exactly. other stuff to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's, and there's this, the conversation of as well, you know, I mean, all of the infrastructure for all of these um, vehicle dependent cities and things like that, are in place and why not use them by you know doing that i mean you can you think like new york city was there way before the car was there mm-hmm. yet right now no one can think of new york city without thinking about the traffic thinking about you know the cars and, and all that other stuff and how to get over but i mean as you and i have both been to new york city i mean i remember you and i deciding to um walk between um, lectures, you know, from one place to another, mm-hmm. because we could actually get there a lot quicker. You know, we or you take public transportation and things or like that. Bike, so there yeah. are or bike, a bike use bike share. I heard that. I never got to do that myself, but uh, I have heard nothing but amazing things about it as a as one of the best ways DC, to get around. And DC's got a fantastic network of you know bike trails and things like that that come all the way out to the suburbs. And now that the bike share has not, you know. We had a bike share that was, you know, mostly in the city itself, and now it actually is all the way out into the suburbs. So I could hop on a bike, um, you know, ride the ride the trails into uh, DC, and you know, park the bike there. And then, like later on, when I'm ready to go home, I could, you know, hop on the bike, you know, get another bike and ride on home. Hmm. So 
there's a lot of interesting things. I didn't necessarily think you wanted to talk about bikes right now because, you know. <laughs> Not going there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I we think need that to go there, but we won't. All these problems are, are solvable if we choose to be a part of solving them. And that, to me, is kind of the most interesting part about this. And then I don't know how we get back to talking about vehicles and design but there's some amazing maybe this is how well, there's, there's no, some that, amazing stuff out there going on when it yeah. comes to vehicle design right now because of the electrification of vehicles and allowing people to think differently about how they're put together yes. and how they're used and how they're modularized into there's so much interesting work happening in that realm right now and it seems like a right place for architects and architectural thinking and problem solving to be involved yeah, because, you know, as, as we kind of like started to go down this little rabbit hole of other things, you know, that were separate from the vehicle itself, it's the idea and the notion and the concept of what this electrification, this, you know, autonomous vehicle represents is an era of change to not just the way that we think about vehicles, but also the way that those vehicles interact with our daily lives. Yeah, and, and, and fold I think into those services that we're talking about. That that are yeah. all you know it it is a web that is all interconnected. Uh, we can't think yeah. about these buildings as these standalone things and that that never connect to anything on the outside. And I think that is a huge realm of possibility for architects to be a big part of. If again, if they want to, doesn't it seem weird? And I don't know why this this just popped into my head. But think about like you know the early vehicles. Uh, in the cities were electric streetcars mm -hmm. and now they went away and you know then we just like inundated the entire infrastructure with the internal combustion vehicle and now we're coming back to an electrified form of you know transportation yeah. it's just but personalized. It, it's yeah but it is interesting to see that that kind of loop back but but be a different formula, a different formulation of it because it is all about yeah. like people owning these things. And, and honestly, I, I think there's such a huge opportunity to look at this so differently as a service. It doesn't solve everybody's problem for every possibility, but it solves a lot of people's problem for a big range of the use cases out there that should be seriously considered moving forward. It's just so hard to kind of think of things from a new approach when you've been around for so long and have this experience and you don't really think of it as a new opportunity. You think of it as, as like this newfangled thing that's getting in the way of the way that I'm used to doing things. It's kind exactly. of our, uh, yeah. kind of what it always comes back to in architecture. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, la la landing on a sad note. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> stuck the landing <laughs> judges give you a 9.5 yeah thank you thank you i'll take it <laughs> out of 100 but whatever <laughs> oh. oh ouch <laughs> <laughs>